My entitled manager forces me to sit in a broken chair, thus causing it to collapse in front of all of us. He then went as far as to claim to corporate that I broke it on purpose, all with the intent of getting a new chair out of my paycheck. But I definitely wasn't going to take that sitting down as I came back at my manager in a glorious way by shutting him down on the spot. Here's what happened. So several years ago, I worked in a group home helping people with mental illnesses. During the day, we had two to three staff working at a time. We would work with the clients and And then at the end of our shift, we would log what we did. There was one office and three computers in it. One day, I came in and the chair for one of the three desks was broken. It was obviously unsafe to sit in. I asked my coworker if anyone had reported this to our manager. My coworkers told me that our manager stated the chair was not broken, even though it was cracked and leaning to one side. I thought this was so ridiculous. So I took a picture of the chair and I sent it to my friends. And we all got a good laugh about the definitely not broken chair. The next day, I I came into work and everything was fine. That is, until it was time to log everything in the computer. There were three of us and now with only two usable desks, we had to take turns doing notes while the others would just stay there. Our manager came in and asked why one of us was not sitting there. We pointed out that the chair was not safe and we could not use the desk without it. As a side note, just before I was hired to work here, I had a serious medical problem in which for nine months, I was unable to eat solid food and I had to lose so much weight, I was only about 80 pounds, and my recommended weight is about 140 pounds for my body type. I was getting better, and my manager and co-workers were completely unaware that this was the reason for my weight. My boss insisted that the chair could be used. He then told my other two co-workers that they were too fat, and that's why the chair broke in the first place. He stated that he wasn't going to buy any new office furniture until everyone in the office had lost weight, because we were costing the company money by damaging the furniture. He explained that I was at a healthy weight, even though I most certainly was not, and everyone should be more like me. To prove that this chair was safe and obesity was the problem, my boss asked me to demonstrate to my co-workers how an ideal employee can use this chair. My boss was expecting me to sit in the chair carefully and cautiously, since it really was broken. But you know what? I wouldn't be here if that's what happened. I plopped down in the chair, and it broke in half instantly, and I straight up fell to the ground. I then pointed out to my boss that company policy required that he fill out an incident report due to my fall. The next day, my boss calls me into his office and shows me the incident report that he filled out. And this is when I find out that he told corporate that I had intentionally broken a usable chair. He went on to explain that corporate was very angry and demanded that he take the cost of a new chair out of my paycheck. I mentioned that he forgot to add a few details to his report, which I would be happy to fill corporate in on. The first being that the chair was indeed broken and I had a picture from the day before the incident to prove that it was already broken. My boss said I was lying, but I showed him the photo and he went white. I further explained that he forgot to tell them that he ordered me to sit in the chair, despite several people mentioning it looked unsafe and I had two witnesses to attest to that. I also mentioned that I felt corporate would love to know that he told his employees they were too fat for new chairs and I had two witnesses to that statement. I got up and I stated that I would let corporate know now before I forgot. It was right about then that my boss started to panic, stating that he would not take the cost out of my paycheck and he would order new chairs, which we desperately needed for all the desks. So next time, maybe don't call my friends fat or try to push an unhealthy body image on everybody in the office. What a crazy situation. My first question would be, did the original poster tell corporate anyways? Like if I was in their shoes, I know for a fact I would have. But the original poster went on to say that they didn't pursue this further. And they said that the reason why they didn't is because they were just 
just a little bit too naive back in the day. But all in all, that is seriously crazy. That boss literally fat shamed half the office and then put you in a very unsafe situation. It was awfully brave of you to just plop down in that chair, even though you know it was broken. It's also hilarious how he started to panic when you're like, oh wait, let me tell corporate what happened. I'll explain everything. And I bet he probably had you sit in that chair just to try and take the cost of the chair out of your paycheck. But regardless, that guy is super toxic. And I'm really glad for the original poster's sake that they don't work for this guy anymore. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My job asked me to make a business plan for their business, only for me to find out that they're embezzling money and vehicles big time, making me realize how corrupt this business truly is. And I've honestly never been happier to be fired and get away from a business in my life. Here's what happened. So many years ago, I was tasked with making a business plan for a women-owned and operated business in a low rural income area where English is not spoken. There was a big grant from outside the country that made this project happen, and a country-based non-government organization that basically managed the grant. Now, the business had been dependent on the grant for years. The idea was to use the business plan to make the business independent and self-sufficient overall, so the grant could then go to a new rural area and begin again with a new business employing new women. I worked for the non-government organization administering this grant. Now, I explained that I was not the best person to do this business plan because I don't speak the language, I have never owned a business, I don't have a business degree, nor have I ever taken a business course, and I don't have any experience or knowledge of what a business plan is. They insist that none of the above disqualify me from making a business plan for this project, which honestly is insane. I should also say that I didn't have the internet to help me out. The internet in this case was three long bus rides away and would require a stay overnight at a hotel where I would use an expensive internet cafe that had viruses and keystroke loggers and charge by the minute. This story did happen in the 90s after all. And this would all be on my dollar. So I didn't do it. I didn't have a car. And the town had one phone line with no outlet. It was just a piece of copper wired to an old phone guarded by a guy who also reads all your mail. Phone calls were also very expensive. Now, when it came to making this basic plan, I imagined that a business plan assessed the efficiency of use of assets and also tracked and categorized all income and expenses. So that's basically where I started. I started asking questions and was asked to finish the plan. I explained that it was taking a little bit longer than expected because of, you know, language barriers, but also a description of the grant would help. I got a pile of unorganized papers with only some of the papers in English. I found out that the grant purchased a truck to collect and deliver raw materials and finished products. There were no vehicles in the village. A bus came through, but no one owned a vehicle. No one had even seen the truck. Also, it said that the grant purchased the building of the business. However, in talking with the locals many times, using redundant terms and phrases to ensure I'm understanding what's happening, I learned that the building was being rented. I even met the owner who had no affiliation with the business. They literally just sat collecting rent money each month. This was really surprising because I was told by the non-government organization that the building was owned by the business. I imagine that somewhere there was someone in the capital city sitting on a fat stash of cash, enough to buy a house, and driving a free truck to their summer house with a pool. Eventually, it occurred to me that they picked me up to do the business plan because I wouldn't do a thorough job and find these discrepancies. They also would not expect me to report their embezzlement to the organization doing the embezzlement. However, when it came down to it, that is exactly what I did. I told the non-government organization that self-sufficiency would always be a long way off if the business was hampered 
by rent that was more than the collective monthly wages. I mention also that selling the truck might help as it appeared to not be used for the purposes listed in the grant. And with that in mind, I then sent in my business plan. Eventually, the country that provided the grant visited us. The missing truck just mysteriously showed up and the ambassador person was surprised to see me in this rural village. Thankfully, they spoke English and they asked if I lived there and I told them yes. They asked if I knew what was going on and I said, yes, I do. Now, the NGO person from the capital was there and overheard. They knew what I knew and also knew that the ambassador would not love to hear about embezzlement, even though it's common in low-income areas with NGOs. And it's right about then that I lost my job. I never told the ambassador that money was misappropriated, and I believe that to do so would result in some consequences, where I would be at a tremendous disadvantage in my country, and the ambassador would not be there to help me out. Also, the fact that the conversation ended there tells me that the ambassador was not at their first rodeo, and also probably knew that this was all 90% performance. I think he genuinely wanted to see some good come to the village, even if it didn't meet the level specified in the grant. I think him asking me the question, do you know what's going on around here, was merely to see if I saw what he was seeing. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel proud of what I did, because I probably could have turned in a crap business plan, and they would have praised me for it. But I did exactly what I was told, even though it was difficult and incredibly challenging. And sure, I guess I'm missing the part where they face consequences of my compliance, but it felt good to let them know that they are not as sly as they thought they were. And I got out of a situation where I could have been partly blamed for corruption had I stuck around. This is actually a really funny story. Can you imagine being asked to give a business plan for something you have no experience in, only to find out the people you're working for are super corrupt? Like, that had to have been a scary realization. You look up and everybody's embezzling money as well as trucks? Like, what is happening? They don't actually own the building and they're just renting it? Is this entire business a facade? Like, come on. So, if anything, getting fired from that organization was the best thing to happen to you. You don't want to be a part of that, not for a second. And I can totally understand where you're coming from, where you just keep your mouth shut and whistle past the graveyard. Because in some situations, especially when the people you work for and the people who are over the people you work for are not complying with obvious laws, it might be better not to find out what they could do to you if you ended up on their bad side. Today, I messed up by accidentally deleting my university's entire database. And I've never been more panicked over a mistake I've made in my life. Here's what happened. So I first want to start off by saying that this didn't happen today, but it happened last week when I was interning in my university's IT department. So I'm in my third year as a computer science major student doing an internship to get some experience. Mostly, I've been doing some simple tech support and handling some basic issues. My supervisor asked me to clean up some old files on one of the servers just to try and free up some space. He left for a meeting and I just got to work. Now, I know my way around Linux and servers. I mean, I thought this would be easy. As I was deleting old log files and backups, I accidentally made a typo into the wrong directory. And even though I instantly realized my mistake, it was too late. I had just wiped out every single file on the main database server. And right at that moment, my panic set in. Five years of records, course materials, enrollment information, you name it, it was gone in 10 seconds of stupidity. I broke out into a cold sweat. I was paralyzed, not knowing what to do. The server was redundant, so data could be restored from backups, but those were in the hands of another department. I had to confess to my supervisor what just happened. He turned ghostly white. He started swearing, but then focused on contacting the backup administration to start an emergency restoration. I spent the rest of the week helping get data back online, as well as apologizing profusely. At the end of my internship, my supervisor said I caused some of the most dramatic, 
on-the-job experience he's ever witnessed. But he did appreciate how I owned up to my mistakes and ended up helping him fix it in the end. While they'll be double-checking any commands I enter from now on, I'm still thankfully welcome back again the next term. So what's the lesson here? Be very careful when wielding powerful commands, especially on production servers. That typo will literally haunt me for the rest of my life. I can't imagine being an intern and messing up that badly. That would honestly really scare me. I don't think I would ever want to touch a computer again after that. I mean, here you are, a third year student, and you're just trying to get credits as well as experience towards your future job. Like one day this could be you handling all this information. So wiping out the entire database has got to be a traumatic thing. But you know what? It taught you a very valuable lesson in watching what you type into those servers. My manager demands that I keep washing our rice at our restaurant until the water runs clear. So I decide to maliciously comply and put this micromanaging manager in her place. Here's what happened. Years ago, I was a cook at a well-known fast casual restaurant known for their large burritos and charging extra guacamole. I think we all know what I'm talking about. I worked hard because the place was very understaffed given the number of customers that came in. Management was understanding when we had to cut corners just to make sure people did not wait for their food. One of the rules we had to follow before cooking the rice was to rinse the raw rice three times until the water runs clear. Is that a vague request? Yeah, I know. How clear cut is it? What if after three rinses, the water is not clear? Three times and runs clear? Or three times or it runs clear? Who knows? I didn't ask. Most of the time, we would give the rice one or two rinses before throwing it into the cooker. Never had any problems with customers complaining about it. And we never ran out of rice. Since there were never any problems, management did not care. Everybody was happy. That is, until one day, Miss Manager decides it's time to enforce every single rule exactly. And we're all not really sure why. To get to the position she was in, she knew how to do all the individual tasks in the kitchen. So she already knew the rules. However, she did not know how to conduct the symphony of the dozens of simultaneous tasks at the speed and accuracy required to keep the customers moving and to never burn anything. But you know what? I did. She did not know which corners were okay to cut and which ones were not. But guess what? I knew exactly what corners to cut. As I was getting ready for my busy shift, the kitchen was not in busy mode yet. I am rinsing rice and Miss Manager approaches me. Make sure to rinse the rice until the water runs clear. I look at her and I respond, I always do. She knew I was lying, but she knew why. She knew that it would take longer to make the rice, but I was the only one who could make sure the rice never runs out. Her life would be a nightmare if we ran out of rice. Now she had a chance to just let it go, but she did not. Um, sir, I know you don't follow that rule. Keep rinsing the rice until the water runs clear and before you put this rice in the cooker. Come find me and show me that it runs clear. I looked at her with a straight face and I replied, keep rinsing the rice until the water runs clear? Hey, you got it. So I begin. I fill the pot of rice with water. I agitate the rice, pull out the perforated part of the pot and dump out all of the cloudy water. After three times, the water is still resembling water skim milk. I look up and she is watching. She asks me, does the water look clear to you? It was obviously rhetorical. So I think, okay, I see how it is. So I start rinsing again. Satisfied, she walks away. I then continue repeating the process. A while goes by, and yes, I am counting the number of times. The long grains of rice are breaking apart, and the entire pot is turning into a strange, mushy mixture of white rice. Given the time I'm taking on this dumb task, everything else that needs to get started in the kitchen is falling behind. Finally, Miss Manager appears in the kitchen again. You're still rinsing rice? The timing was perfect. I dump out the water in front of her, and I ask her, does that water look clear to you? As I dump out the precursor to slightly watered down horchata, she softly says, no. I then step away from the sink. How many times do you 
think I've been rinsing this rice? She then answers by saying seven. I say, no, try 37. Now, let me tell you something. I wasn't joking. I have rinsed this rice 37 times at this point and the water is not running clear. So I say to her, should I continue? She looks at the rice, knows that it's unusable and that she has lost the fight. On one hand, she cannot tell me to keep going because the ground up rice was only a few rinses and a cook away from becoming literally grits. On the other hand, she cannot tell me to stop rinsing because then she would be violating one of her sacred rice rinsing commandments. Additionally, she cannot fire me. Otherwise, the store could not open. She scheduled me to work the entire day and she sure knows that she cannot do what I do in the kitchen. Fine then. Go back in there and make sure we're ready when it's time to open. And when she says that, I just laugh to myself as I went back to work knowing that I had one. Yeah, the manager in this story was being super obnoxious. Like they were clearly on some kind of power trip and they just wanted to try and boss people around and be like, no, you have to do it my way. Like, come on, get a grip. It's also really comical that they were trying to micromanage this guy, even though apparently he was the guy who knew how to do everything around the store. So good for the original poster for maliciously complying and putting this manager in their place. They were being super obnoxious and honestly, they kind of had it coming. My mom went above and beyond to try and get my sister a job, but instead of working, she would just stand there crying simply because she thought this job was too far below her and she didn't want to do something so menial. And as a result, my mom had to fire her own daughter simply because she refused to work. Here's what happened. So I want to start off by saying that my mom has gotten my sister at least two jobs. Once at her former career, where they had my sister answering phones as well as other things. She was there for a few months and was a terrible employee from what little I know, as I don't have the specifics. What I do know is she quit on her own before she could be fired. My mom once asked her boss hypothetically if my sister could come back to work in the warehouse and she got a very firm no from them. Now, just yesterday, I found out something I didn't know for like 17 years. My mom, back in about 2005, took on a seasonal job in a chocolate candy shop where they made fancy box chocolates and stuff along those lines. She, like a boss, completely restructured their systems for shipping and sales because that's the kind of work she'd been doing for over a decade by that point. The demand for seasonal employees was also very high, so they hired people for just a few months at a time. My mom took the job because she wanted a break from her career after getting burned out, but still went back to said career the following year since she couldn't find better employment. My sister, however, had no job and was living off her boyfriend at the time, so our mom got her a job in the chocolate shop washing dishes. But here's the thing, instead of doing dishes, my sister just stood in front of the sink crying for two hours. It got so bad that my mom had to literally be the one to fire my sister and send her out the door. Then she had to do those dishes herself. For the record, my sister was not forced into this. She needed a job desperately, but didn't want to do something so menial. She spent more times jobless and then just ended up as a housewife until 2016. For years, my sister told me that she had quit that job and others told me she couldn't handle the demands of the job. But this is the first time I'm hearing that she literally didn't even attempt to do the job. I mean, really? She was about 20 to 21 years old at the time. She could have done it. Looking back, my mom regrets not offering me the job instead. She stuck her neck out for my sister, only for a scythe to come down and try and take it off. And this explains why she never helped her get another job ever again. I gotta be honest, I will do this for somebody once. But if they burn me in the way that this sister burned their mother, then I will never help them with anything ever again. I'm a big believer that yes, you can lead a horse to water, but that horse better learn how to drink. Because there's no way I'm going to share my network or put my neck on the line for someone who's not going to take it seriously. I've run into that a lot personally in my life, so I completely understand where this original poster's mom is coming.
coming from. It's also really weird for them to sit there and cry for two hours instead of just doing your work. Like seriously, this job is not the end-all be-all of jobs. You're not going to work there your entire life. It's just to get you on your feet so you then can get your own job that you really do enjoy. Because trust me, I've been there as well where I've experienced bad jobs and I thought to myself, this can't be the rest of my life. I don't want to do this forever. This job sucks. And the best part about it is that you don't have to do those jobs forever. Like it really can be a temporary thing, if not just to fill up your resume so you have something to show for yourself. It's also really insulting because you know what? Someone else who really does need that job probably could have stepped in and done that job no problem. Like why would you agree to a job that you just don't want to do any work at? And also your mom literally worked there. You really think she's not going to pull the nepotism card and be like, okay, you've learned a lot. Let's move you up the chain a little bit. Like you had a fantastic possible in for getting higher up in the food chain as well as making more money than just washing dishes. So I don't blame your mom for ever getting her a job again because she was clearly just going to take it for granted. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.